hear the word of the Lord. Hashem, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy to us. We thank you, God, uh, that you have met us here as we have worshipped you, Lord. And we thank you that now you have a word for us to hear from your heart, God. So I pray for ears to hear what your spirit would say today. I pray for hearts of good soil, that the seed of your word would go into it and would take root. Lord, that would produce a hundredfold fruit in our lives, God, personally and in this congregation. And we thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. As I mentioned earlier, last week, Rabbi Michael began our new series. It's a five-week series, I believe, on Imunah Chayat, Living Faith. And his message was entitled, Real World Faith. And if you weren't here last week, as Adeline said, quite a few people were out. Sickness and things has been going around the congregation. You know, thanks to, to, to Randy, our messages are put up almost immediately within a day or so. The podcasts are up, so you can hear the message from last week. I went home Saturday night because I worked down with the children last week in the uh, Shabbat school, and I listened to it Saturday night, so it's just an encouraging word, so I encourage you to hear that message. But in it, he encouraged us that our faith, Imunah living faith, is something that needs to be seen in the real world that we live in. And he explored the biblical truths that doubt and unbelief will negate our faith and encourage us that we need to get rid of the yes, but, yes, God, but attitude. And that that's something that we need to eliminate from our vocabulary. And then he encouraged us that it is faith that enables us to receive the promises of Adonai into our real lives. Daily living faith needs to be manifested. So today we're going to continue our series, and the message is entitled Faith Speaks. And for this series, we are looking uh, through the chapter uh, 11 of the book of Messianic Jews, the book of Hebrews. And I'm reading one verse from that book today for our message. By faith, Hevel, also known as Abel, offered a greater sacrifice than Cain or Cain. Because of this, he was attested as righteous with God, giving him this testimony on the ground of his gifts through faith, say through faith, he still continues to speak even though he is dead. Think about it. Thousands of years after his death, the faith of Abel still spoke to the generation of believers in the first century. And now 2,000 years later, his faith still speaks to you and me in 2015. And two questions we are going to answer in the message today is, when faith speaks, what does it say? And when faith speaks, to whom or what does it speak? So first of all, what is faith saying when it speaks? When faith speaks, it is saying, number one, I believe in who God is. Verse 6 of this chapter, Messianic Jews, Hebrews 11 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, Rabbi Michael spoke on this verse a little bit in his message last week, so I don't want to repeat what he said, but I want to encourage us that living faith says, I believe that God exists, and not just that God exists, but I also believe that he is who he says he is. Well, who does God say he is? Let's look at some of the names of God as he reveals himself in the scriptures. 
First of all, he is El Shaddai, God Almighty. This stresses God's loving supply and his comfort towards us. He's El Elyon, the Most High God, which stresses his strength, his sovereignty, and his supremacy. He's El Olam, the Everlasting God, which emphasizes God's unchangeableness and is connected with his inexhaustibleness. That's a mouthful. And we spoke about this, though, in our message a couple of weeks ago on you are not forgotten from the book of Isaiah that says that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, right? They shall mount up with the wings as eagle. And the verse is right before that says, you know, God doesn't grow weary or tired, okay? He is not worn out thinking about what he's going to do uh, to take care of the problems of the world or the problems in your life. So El Olam, the everlasting God, speaks of that. He's Adonai Yirah, the Lord will provide, which stresses his provision to his people. He's Adonai Nisi, the Lord is my banner, talks about him being the rallying point and the means of victory, the one who fights for his people. He's Adonai Shalom, the Lord is peace, which points to the rest and peace and comfort we find in him. He's Adonai Tzivaot, the Lord of hosts. And this is a military figure portraying him as the commander of the armies of heaven. He's Adonai Rofeka, the Lord your healer. He heals all sickness and all disease, physically, mentally, emotionally, and in, most importantly, spiritually. He's Adonai Roi, the Lord is my shepherd, who cares for his people like a shepherd cares for the sheep of his pasture. He's Adonai Tzikenu, the Lord our righteousness. In other words, he's the means of our righteousness so that we can stand here today and say confidently, I am the righteousness of God, not because of anything that I have done, but because of my faith in Yeshua the Messiah and what he did on the tree of sacrifice that I can say boldly, I am righteous, not because of me, but because of him. He is Adonai Shema, the Lord who is there, which portrays his personal presence that always goes with us over and over again. He says in his word, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. So this is who God is, the God who is there. And he is Adonai Elohim Yisrael, the Lord, the God of Israel. And this is always used to identify him as the God of Israel in contrast to the false gods of the nations around ancient Israel. These are just a few of the names of God, few of the ways that he reveals himself in the word. There are so many more that we could do a sermon series on it, and maybe in the future we will, but faith that speaks says, I believe in who God says he is. I believe that he is the God who is my righteousness. I believe he is the God who is my healer. I believe he is the God who is always there. Faith that speaks declares, there is no one like you, Adonai. You alone are God. You are the creator of the heavens and earth. You are my redeemer. You are my savior. You are my provider. You are my deliverer. You are my healer. You are my shelter in the storm. You are the strong tower that I run into and find safety. You are the God who is always there. You are my all in all. That's what faith speaks. I want you to be encouraged today that you need to begin to speak those things. God, I believe in who you say you are. So not only does faith that speaks say, I believe in who God says he is, but it also says, 
I believe in what God says in his promises. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For however many promises God has made, they all find their yes in connection with him, meaning the Messiah. That is why through him we say the amen when we give glory to God. All the promises that God has made are yes and amen in Messiah Yeshua. They are fulfilled in him. And when I say I have faith and my faith is speaking, it is saying I believe that God's promises will come to pass in my life. It says I know that God does not lie. Let me say that again. Faith that speaks says I know that God does not lie. Turn to your neighbor and say God does not lie. Why is this important, this truth here? Because we do know someone who does lie. He's called the father of lies, Hasatan, and he is very, very good at his job. Okay? You know, you want to, if you wanted to hire someone who was good at his job, let me tell you, he is very, very good at his job. And he is successful at spreading lies against the truth of God's word. And one of those lies is that God is not always telling the truth. Bamid Bar, Numbers, 2319. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Rhetorical questions to which the answer is obviously, no, he doesn't lie. Of course, he fulfills whatever he speaks. And that's why we see written for us in Yehoshua, Joshua 23, 14, that not one, say not one, not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has ever failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. That verse is just as true today as when Joshua spoke those words to the people of Israel and God still fulfills his word and promises he does not fail. Faith that speaks believes God's words over its own feeling, over its own circumstances. It says as Job as Job did, though God slay me, yet will I trust him. It says, as the prophet did, though the fig tree fails to blossom and there be no fruit on the vine, yet I will praise God. Why? Because faith that speaks says, I know that he is able and that he is beyond my circumstances, my situations, and my feeling, and I know he will fulfill his word in my life. Faith that speaks is able to sing in barrenness, because it knows that fruitfulness is coming. And faith needs to speak in your life. The third thing about faith speaking. When faith speaks, it is from a conviction of my heart and a life of obedience. You see, faith that speaks isn't merely saying the words, I believe, as if it were some magical formula that would bring things into your life. You can repeat these words over and over again. I believe, I believe, I believe. And they could mean nothing because these words must be birthed out of a heart that is totally convinced that God is who he is and he will do what he has promised. It is so easy to give lip service to God. It is easy to say the words, I believe. However, if we truly believe in our hearts, then our lives will demonstrate that. 
It is a deep-rooted conviction that will be evident to everyone around us, not because of just the words we have spoken, but because of our actions and the lifestyle we live before them. That is why it is said of Avraham in Romans 4, 20 through 21, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. We know that Abraham was a man who walked in obedience to all that Adonai spoke to him. And later on in this series, we're going to talk about Abraham's life and his faith in one of our messages and how faith acts. It obeys the word of God. Let us not fool ourselves. No amount of speaking will bring the promises of God into our lives if we are not walking in obedience to his word and if we do not have that deep-rooted conviction like Abraham did that God can do what he said he did. When we have truly submitted our lives and when our hearts are fully persuaded that no matter what we see in the natural, that God will do what he has promised, we will receive the promises into our lives just as Abraham did. Our hearts need to be set on who God is and what he has spoken. We need to resist doubt and unbelief because our hearts know that they know that they know that they know that he is able and that he will fulfill his word in our lives. Amen. And finally, not only the faith speaks and says, I believe in God, I believe in what God says, and this is a belief that comes from the conviction of my heart and obedience. But faith that speaks declares the promises of Adonai into the situation. So a question for you today, what are you speaking into your life? What are you speaking over your finances, over your health, over your marriage, over your family? Michelet, Proverbs 18.21, tells us that there is the power of life and death in our tongue. Some of us need to begin to develop a language of faith, and it is difficult because we have been speaking the language of doubt and unbelief for so long that we are believing the things that we are saying. Often we complain. We complain about our spouses, we complain about our children, we complain about our finances, we complain about our work. And in our complaining, all we are doing is speaking death to our situation and our circumstances. You see, declaring the promises of God over our lives simply means that we are going to agree with what God has already said in his word. Once again, we are not denying the situation, but we are declaring our belief that Adonai will change it. As it said in Romans 4, and you know me, that's one of my favorite passages to preach from. It says that Abraham, against all hope, hoped. He reckoned with the fact, in other words, he understood in the natural that his body was as good as dead, and Sarah's body, which was a little older than his, wasn't in much better shape. So he wasn't denying the circumstance, but he hoped against hope. In other words, he believed, it said there in Romans 4, that God could do what God said he was going to do, even though in the natural it was impossible for him and Sarah to conceive and to have a child. So faith that declares the promises is not denying the situation and the circumstances, but it is saying that God is greater than my situation and my circumstances. So that's why my faith can say my body is healed even when I am in pain. 
Faith can declare release over your life. You need to simply decree and declare what God has spoken in his word. Instead of repeating the lies that hell has told us, it is time that we speak the truth that Adonai has declared in his word over our lives. By prayer time on Thursday night, which I told you was an awesome prayer time, my message was complete. And uh, during the prayer time, Rabbi Michael got up and he says, I want to encourage you. Let's begin to speak God's word over our situation. If you have a situation you're struggling with or anything, come up and just speak the truth of God's word over that situation. And when he sat down beside him, I said, you know, that's part of my message on Shabbat. So God is good because he was confirming to me and to us this morning that this is a truth he really wants us to walk in and to grab hold of today. And it's so easy to, to neglect this when our situation seems so bleak. When we are overwhelmed by our emotions and by what we see with our natural eyes, it is hard to speak the truth of God's word over our life. But that's what God is calling us to do, to decree and declare his word over our lives. So that's what faith speaks. Now, to whom or what does faith speak? Two, first of all, faith speaks to God. When we see Uh, the faith of Abel, Adonai looks at that faith, and he counted it as righteousness. And throughout this chapter and the entire Bible, every time a man or woman walked in faith, it spoke volumes to Adonai. And we're going to be looking at the other people listed in this chapter, again, through the rest of the series. There are many of them. But I wanted to look at a, a few other people outside of this chapter this morning in this message. And first are the three young men in Babylon who have become known as the three Hebrew children, although they really weren't children, they were young men. And they're known more by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, than their Hebrew names of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So let's look at Daniel chapter 3. Just the history of the story, King Nebuchadnezzar has built this image of himself, and he has declared that everyone in the land must bow to him or they'll be thrown into a fiery furnace. So these three young men refused to bow and were brought before the king, and here's the dialogue. All right, then, says the king, if you are prepared when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the harp, the scyther, the lute, the bagpipe. He had a big entourage there, didn't he? This was a big thing for King Nebuchadnezzar. He brought out everything. And the rest of the musical instruments fall down and worship the gold statue very well. But if you won't worship, you will immediately be thrown into a blazing hot furnace. And what God will save you from my power then? So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, your question doesn't require an answer from us. Your majesty, if our God whom we serve is able to save us, he will save us from the blazing hot furnace and from your power. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will neither serve your gods nor worship the gold statue which you have set up. What did their faith say to Adonai? It said, Adonai, we will not compromise even if it costs our lives. Think of another young Jewish person, a female, Hadassah. When she was confronted with the news that King Akashverus wanted to annihilate her Jewish people, what did her faith say to Adonai? It said, I will stand up against evil and let my voice be heard once again, even if it costs me my life. 
So even though she hadn't been called into the king's chamber for several months, she was going to approach him uninvited, which had the penalty of death. So do we see a theme here? Faith that speaks to Adonai says, number one, I have counted the cost and I am willing to give all for the kingdom of God. Two, it says, I will not compromise. And three, it says, I will be faithful to God and his word. What is your faith speaking to God today? Is your faith saying to him, God, you can count on me? Is your faith saying to him, I will not compromise? Is your faith saying, God, you can count on me? I will be faithful to the cause of the kingdom. What is your faith saying? Not only does our faith speak to God, but our faith also speaks to our situation. Once again, I want us to look at the example of these uh, young Hebrew children, youth, not children, with King Nebuchadnezzar. They were saying to their situation, we will not be intimidated by you. As I said earlier, faith doesn't deny the situation, but it looks beyond it to the God in whom it puts trust. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not putting trust in themselves. They couldn't save themselves from the fire. They did not have the ability to do that. All they knew is that they were going to be faithful and not compromise. And in doing that, they not only spoke to God, but they said to the situation, I don't care what you're going to do to me. You're not in control. I am surrendered and yielded to God Almighty. Faith speaks to our situation. So these three men and Hadassah all knew very well that the situation was bleak and in the natural death was the possible outcome for each one of them in the stance that they were taking. But their faith spoke loud and clear, declaring a trust in the God of Israel whom they served over the events surrounding them. So when our faith speaks to our situation, what is it saying? It's saying, you do not control me. And that's very, very hard because when you are in a difficult situation, I don't know about you, but my emotions can rise up pretty quickly. And when my emotions are in control, I'm usually not in faith. Now, God has given us emotions, and I have uh, especially talked with my daughter about this over the years, about the emotions that God has given to her. And I said, we don't want to deny the emotions that God has given to us because he has given them to us. But we cannot allow those emotions to control us to make decisions against God and his word and his promises in our lives. And it's very, very difficult because our emotions are very, very strong. So what we need to do is we need to submit our emotions to our spirit man or woman, who we then submit to the spirit of the living God. And we align ourselves up properly so that, yeah, we have those emotions. I am sure that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were taking a deep breath as they were being thrown into the fiery furnace, saying, okay, what's going to happen here? I'm sure as young Hadassah went into the king, uh, and uh, uh, in her mind was the thought, is that golden scepter going to come my way or not? I'm sure that this thought was in there. I'm sure that their hearts were pounding in their chest. It was not an easy situation that they found themselves in. But they were saying to their circumstances, you don't control me. Doesn't matter what happens, I'm not being controlled by you. 
They were saying to their circumstance or circumstances, greater is he who is in me. Yochanan Aleph, 1 John 4, 4, we're told, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. How can faith declare to our situation that you are not in control? Because this goes back to my first point. It believes and knows that Adonai is greater than any circumstance or any feeling that we have. Faith that speaks believes that God is who he is, who he says he is, and that God will do what he has promised. I really believe that if you and I could grasp this truth this morning, that God is all-powerful, that he is greater than any trouble or concern that you or I are facing today, there would be such shouts of joy and sighs of relief because it's beyond you, which is a good thing. Because I want to tell you, you and I, like I said, we don't have the wherewithal to get ourselves out of the situation. Those three young Hebrew men could not get themselves out of that situation without compromise, and they weren't going to do that. And many of us find ourselves in the same situation. Compromise or stand true? Standing true, though, brings with it some consequences that are not necessarily favorable to us. And consequences that, on our own, we're not going to be able to get out of. But faith speaks to the situation and says, God is greater. Those three Hebrew young men were saying to that fiery furnace, God is greater than you. Hadassah was saying to that king, God is greater than you. You see, he who is the creator of the universe holds everything in his hands. He is greater than anything you or I are facing. And when our faith speaks to our situation, it is saying exactly that. God is greater than anything in front of me. The third thing that faith says to our situation is, you are temporary and my hope is eternal. 2 Corinthians 4.18, For we concentrate not on what is seen, but on what is not seen. Since things seen are temporary, but things not seen are eternal. And Rav Jewel also says, I don't have this verse up here in another place in Corinthians, for these troubles that we go through, he says, these are momentary light afflictions compared to the glory that we will receive. All right? He recognized that the situations he found himself in, and they were, you know, by all standards, pretty uh, harsh. He was beaten and left for dead, shipwrecked, run out of town many different occasions and times. But he says these are just light, momentary afflictions because there's an eternal reward and eternal hope. And that's what my eyes are set on. And that's what faith speaks to the situation. Yeah, in the natural, this doesn't look good, but I have a hope that is eternal and the reward that is eternal. And that's where I'm putting my focus and my mind upon. So faith speaks to our situation. Finally, not only does faith speak to God and faith speaking to our situation, but faith speaks to others. I want to stay with the stories of Hadassah in Persia and the three Hebrew young men in Babylon. What did their faith speak to others around them? Think about it. When Hadassah declared that she would risk her life to save the Jewish people, it spoke. It spoke, first of all, to Mordecai, her cousin, 
And it spoke to the Jewish people who she called to fast and pray with her. It gave them courage to join in with her and to fight for their own lives and to stand in unity with Hadassah. Hadassah was the only person who could go in before the king. Mordecai could not go in before the king. None of the other Jewish people could go in before the king. But there was something they could do. And Hadassah's faith encouraged them to say, we will fast and we will pray three days with you. So when our faith speaks to others, it inspires them to action. So that Hadassah wasn't alone, even though she was alone walking into the king's chamber, but she knew that all of the Jewish people were standing in faith with her and had spent three days praying and fasting with her. So faith spoke to others around her. What about the three young men in Babylon? When they were thrown into the fiery furnace because of the anger of the king, Adonai protected them, and he did indeed deliver them from the fire. What is so amazing is that their clothes did not even smell of smoke. And that is an amazing thing. And I've shared this before when I preach from this message because my parents' house caught on fire years ago. And uh, for several years after that, whenever I went home and I would walk up the street, you could still smell that smell, especially when things got damp, even though the house had been cleaned and rebuilt and everything. So that these three young men came out of the fiery furnace without a smell of smoke on their clothes was a miracle of God Almighty. And what did this speak to the king? Let's look at the king's response here in Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar approached the opening of the blazing hot furnace, and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, you servants of El Elyon, come out and come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego emerged from the flames. The viceroys, prefects, governors, and royal advisors who were there saw that the fire had no power on the bodies of these men. Not even their hair was singed, their clothes looked the same, and they didn't smell of fire. So Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to deliver his servants who trusted in him. They defied the royal order to the point of being willing to give up their bodies in order not to serve or worship any god but their own god. Therefore, I herewith decree that anyone, no matter from which people, nation, or language, who say anything to insult the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is to be torn limb from limb and his house reduced to rubble because there is no other god who can save like this? And the king gave Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego higher rank in the province of Babel. What did the faith speak to the king? It spoke that their God was the real God. When you and I walk in faith, again, not with the words of our mouth, but demonstrating it in our lives, and we're going to get to that in another message in more detail. It will speak volumes to others. They will say, your God is the real God. And that's what Nebuchadnezzar was saying. This is the real God. There is no one who can save like this. You know of any other God who saved anyone from the fire? No, the other gods, uh, they were saying, give me your, your children as sacrifices in the fire. There's no other God like your God, Nebuchadnezzar said. He is the only God with real power to save and deliver. 
So when we walk in faith, it will inspire others around us. There is nothing worse than to surround yourself with naysayers and doubters. And you don't want to be one of those people yourself. We want to walk in faith, and we want our faith to speak to others. And when our faith speaks to others, it will, first of all, lead them to God. When they see our faith, they will be attracted to it. That's what Nebuchadnezzar was. When people see your faith, are they attracted to the God of Israel? These are real questions we need to ask ourselves today. Is our faith attracting people to the God of Israel? That's what happened here for these three young men. It attracted Nebuchadnezzar to the God of Israel. When he saw their commitment, their faith, he was ready to call all peoples to worship the God of Israel. Our faith should be leading other people to Messiah. They should see the real thing in us and want it. Nebuchadnezzar saw something real in those three young men. When people look at your faith, do they see the real thing and do they want it? And not only does our faith, when it speaks to others, lead them to God, but once again, as I said with Hadassah, it inspires people to action. When our faith speaks, others will be willing to join us. Again, not just with words, but with our lives, their lives, giving themselves to, as it were, the cause of the kingdom of God. Our faith should inspire others within the body to give themselves to building the kingdom of God. Faith speaks to others. So as we close this message today, we want to ask ourselves, what is my faith saying? As I went through this message, I said, what is my faith saying? Am I declaring my belief in who God is and in what he has promised to do? Are we speaking to God that we are faithful to him and that we can be counted on and that we will not compromise? Are we proclaiming the truth of his word over our lives? Something that I was challenged with as I went through this message. And then, as I said, Rabbi Michael encouraged that in prayer that since Thursday I've been de- declaring and decreeing those things over myself, over my daughter. She comes to me for a prayer, just speaking over her the truth of God's word. Is our faith speaking to our situation that it's not in control of us and it will not overwhelm us? Is our faith speaking to others, leading them to Messiah and inspiring them to get involved in the work of the kingdom? So I want to leave you with this question today. What is your faith saying? It's saying something. Let it be like Abel and like Hadassah and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let it speak that we believe in who God is, that we believe in his promises. That is something that's deep-rooted in our heart. Let it speak to God, our situation, and to others. Let's stand as we pray. Adonai, we thank you for your word. And God, as you've taken us into this series on faith, the reality is you simply want to be believed. You want people to just stand up and say, we believe who you are, God, and we believe in what you say. 
And you want our faith to speak that. So, God, I pray for this congregation, for each one of us, God, that we would begin to speak the right things with our faith, that we would not speak out of doubt and unbelief, but, God, that as we have been encouraged, we would realign ourselves up to the truth of who you are in our lives and your power and your might and your promises and begin to speak those over our life. God, for those of us who are perhaps struggling, Lord, standing in faith and belief, God, I pray that today you would just impart into us, God, such a real reality of who you are, God, that deep within our kishkas would come this, this conviction that, that we know that we know that you are the God who is able and we will not back down in any way concerning your promises for our life and for this congregation. So I pray that you would help us to walk in faith, to speak the language of faith. And I thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to officially close with the Aaronic benediction. Uh, I'm going to ask Chris and Adeline and Evan and Rena and Myrna and Gary to come and join me. We'll be praying for anyone who wants prayer. Maybe you want someone to come into agreement with you uh, over any situation uh, where you are struggling with your faith or anything else, even if it's not related to the message. So if you guys can make your way down, I'm going to speak this blessing. And uh, then if you don't need prayer, you're free to go. Again, prayer from 3 to 4, Hebrew uh, 2 o'clock, uh, and then a quick meeting with the ODA committee after prayer upstairs. Uh, but we're told in Bamid Bar to speak this blessing. May bless you and keep you. May make his face shine upon you and show you his favor. May lift up his face towards you and give you peace. In this way, you put my name on the people of Israel so that I will bless them. May you walk in the blessing of God Almighty this week. Amen. Shabbat shalom.